Hello friends, welcome back to Smart Council, another episode of your favorite source of all perspectives and resources on all of the counseling things. Here is yet another episode that warrants just a little bit of context. This is me and Aaron Kelsey at our work again of hashing out ideas and conversations with occasional literary references and social references and um, you know, I think I hold myself back from the dad jokes on this one, but that's okay. Anyway, so this was an episode that we actually, it's from the archives. We actually recorded this early on in the, the COVID year. Some of the references to what we're talking about are best understood in that light. We decided back then to talk about hope and hopelessness and how to find hope in hopeless situations. And again, this was early on in the year when we were feeling discouraged about many, many things. And even as we're a year later and a lot of things are clearing up and we're just about done, hopefully, I think this is still an important conversation because hopelessness is a common human experience and it's important to be able to address it without platitudes in any case. So we talk about that. And it's actually a combination of two different conversations that we had. Uh, there was another conversation where we were talking about being uh, people helpers and working through hopelessness and uh, some of that conversation was lost but there was a segment in there that where we were still talking about hope and so I have conveniently mashed them all together in a lovely episode for you here. One final note, uh, this one was recorded uh, before I discovered the wonderful Squadcast uh, podcasting software so that accounts for some of the slightly less than perfect sound quality it's still listenable, and I think you'll get quite a bit out of it. Anyway, thank you again for listening, and let's keep the conversation going. Smart Council is a production of New Pattern Counseling, with additional support from Multnomah University. To learn how to support this podcast, visit patreon.com slash smartcouncil. Reese Basimio is a counselor, teacher, and writer, and the founder of New Pattern Counseling in Gresham, Oregon. His clinical specialties are addictions, gender, sexuality, and spirituality. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Smart Council. Hope in ever-present, ever-ongoing change. Smart Council provides perspectives and resources on spirituality, mental health, addictions, relationships, and trauma. I'm Reese Bissamil. I'm Aaron Kelsey. How you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm uh, embracing hopelessness. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, is that more prickly or more slimy or more uh, smoky? Mm, I think it, uh, I wasn't expecting a follow-up question. It, <laughs> it feels like, uh, like there, there's, we talked just in our run up to like, what are we going to talk about today? We talked about platitudes and I think uh, I grew up, in a community that had a lot of a lot of platitudes, like a family culture and a, and a larger sort of lit, religious culture culture that is very big on talking about what what ought to be, uh, as if that was what is. Uh, so we're 
you know, we're, we're this people of justice and love and blah, blah, blah. And I think embracing hopelessness uh, for me right now is, is just looking, uh, looking at what is and uh, just considering, you know, the material world and, in all its beauty and glory and uh, and horror in, in humanity both. And uh, I think just embracing the hopelessness for, for what it is, uh, just calling it what it is like this, this is a hopeless moment uh, in, in a lot of ways. And just, and, and not, and not giving myself the, the easy comforting, like, Oh, and, but there's there's hope. We'll all go to heaven when we die, or something. Um, that's 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 not. Uh, I'm choosing to not do that right now. I'm just embracing it. So what does it feel like? It feels it feels like a like a cold uh, concrete floor that that I'm sort of just laying on. I'm just like, okay, this, this is the ground. This is that's it. Cool. Yeah, it's a cold concrete floor, but 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 it's your cold concrete floor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean, jumping yeah, in your metaphor, being like, you know, you've moved out of like your family's like cushy house, and now you're in your own house, and it's it's cold, it's concrete, it's hard, but it's yours. So it's mine. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like that. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna paint it like it's carpet and pretend that it is. You know, yeah. this this is just concrete. Yeah. I really appreciate that approach. And and I, I've been working through a similar thing, wanting to have hope or have something to look forward to or having, you know, some sense of comfort, but not the platitude version. Cause it's really easy to reach for like like the Hallmark gift card or I guess Christian bookstore greeting card platitude. Uh because those are nice and you throw in a kitten or a butterfly and then it's even better. Um but um but yeah, like we need something something functional, something on the ground. Um so, uh, you know, I don't know my asking what what does it feel like? There's, uh, I mean, I'm kind of playing around with words a little bit, but there's actually, I think the the somatic reality. It's kind of a question. I'm learning a little bit about somatic experiencing lately, and uh, and the big thing we look at there is like, what's your what's your felt sense of an experience? So it's not just I'm in this situation, and and not just I'm, I'm feeling this feeling, but like, how's my body experiencing that too? And um, and there, then there's a lot to explore there and a lot to embrace there. Just like, yeah, when I feel hopeless, I feel like I'm on a cold cement floor or uh, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm like spiraling and empty or uh, or something. And, um, you know, that it, that our, our bodies are our realities or they're, they're part of our reality anyway. And, um, and I would say, yeah, like being able to like kind of existentially embrace yeah, I feel kind of hopeless. And there's a lot of confusing things right now without judging that and criticizing yourself for having it. Also being able to embrace, this is my body. This is my body, my embodied experience of what I'm having. And certainly not judging yourself for, for having that feeling. And ideally, not even like running away from it, just saying, mm-hmm. this is my reality. Can I be gentle with it? Can I be curious about it? Can I observe it more and wait for insight to come? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think when you're talking about um, like sort of individual personal pain uh, compared to like sort of collective, you know, national or global or, um, you know, systemic uh, suffering, uh, I think it's it it was my tendency in, in just the culture I was raised in to to go really quick to. Yeah, but the glass is half full. 
um, yeah, but we should be grateful for what we have. And I think um, that a lot of times diminishes the, the pain uh, and diminishes. And I, and I think I don't want to say diminish. I want to say makes invisible the causes of the pain in the first place. And so um, sitting, sitting with it and exploring it, like you said, in that sort of non-judgmental way of just this, this is what it is. Can I, can I be curious about this? Can I, uh, like I, I call it embracing it. Um, you know, can I, can I just embrace this for a minute? And, and then that I think gives, yeah, it gives a much deeper perspective and experience of, of what, what it is that hurts. Can I embrace it? I like how you, I like how you phrase that so much. So speaking of context, uh, for, for, for the listener and in case this doesn't come out promptly, which I'm sure it won't, um, but <coughs> I promise I don't have the damn virus. <laughs> so, um, what, uh, so, so we're talking about like this current hopeless moment. Um, Aaron, what are some of the things going on that most contribute to that for you or like what's, what's going on in the world that you notice most that, um, that brings about a sense of hopelessness? Oh man. Uh, maybe. Well, the short <laughs> yeah. The short, short answer, I think. Um, so like we're, we're a couple weeks into, um, like the, the aftermath of the uprising in Minneapolis, which spread to the rest of the world. And, um, so while we're seeing some some budget cuts and you know some uh, some concessions made by you know different local police departments and uh, you know some of those institutions related to the carceral system, so we're we're seeing some good things happen. And I think there's um, this sort of under the this umbrella of hopelessness. I think for me is like a. a white person who's you know very privileged in a lot of different ways i think there's there's a lot of uncertainty and confusion about my my role and how i can be a positive contributor to to positive change like how how can i bring about justice while very much benefiting from from a system of injustice and so there's sort of the the individual question for me like okay so what do i do and uh i think when I, when I read, you know, when I read social media, when I read articles and blog posts and whatnot, or even just read some of the classics like, uh, you know, Fanon and uh, the Pedagogy of the Oppressed and some of the Angela Davis work, uh, it's it's still not very clear. Like, so what do what do I do? So I'm I'm Aaron. I'm here in Portland. You know, I I work at this agency. You know, married to, you know, the <laughs> I'm married to this person. I have these two boys. So what do I do? On a on a Tuesday, what do I do? Um, so practically, concretely, I think most most people are aware that there's a problem. Uh, there's a problem in the world, uh, and and then within the problem, there's like a hundred problems, and then within those problems, there's like a hundred more problems. Um, so I think uh, it's it's hard to even find the edges of where the problem begins and ends, uh, and so then even just the idea of identifying the problem is overwhelming and then moving to, okay, what, do, what is the solution? What do we, what do we do about it? Like, do we, do we reform what exists now? And do we create a new, uh, new way of relating altogether? Um, 
you know, it's, that's, that's overwhelming too. And I think, you know, as it relates to like my role and my identity in the world, uh, there's a lot of just, uh, anyway, I think everybody wants to say and do the right thing and nobody knows what that is. And there's not, uh, there's nobody that, that I can go to and say, Hey, I'm, I'm me. Like, here's where I'm related socially, politically, you know, physically. What, so what do I do? What's the right thing to say and do? Uh, there's no, there's, there's nobody I can call that can tell me that, um, you know, we're all just sort of, we're all just sort of figuring this out. And uh, so that that's overwhelming too. And so I think there's, there's that piece of it. And then, you know, what I've, what I noticed before uh, sort of this big social cultural upheaval, you know, in the, in the time of coronavirus, uh, it, it was this big shift from like with, with the client counsel relationship, a lot of times I could, I could do the, the emotional attending and, you know, resources and support and strength development in a client to help them solve their problem. But it was, it was very much their problem. And I was not in it with them in that uh, they, they have a dynamically different, fundamentally different situation than me. And, you know, for, for now, there's uh, the the coronavirus is in in the air that we all breathe together, and so as a counselor, like I can't sit with a client and pretend like I don't know what that is. Uh, it's you know we're, we all we all know about it. We're all experiencing it. We're all at risk of the same thing, and so there's that universe universality that is present in that that problem. That's um, it's new. Like it's just it's just this new dynamic and. What's different about it too is there's there's no edges to that problem either. Uh, like nobody knows if it's just going to go away or if we're going to find a cure or a vaccine or you know how how bad is it really? Is it going to be any you know is the weather going to make it better? Nobody knows. And so I think uh, there there are there are options. There's option A and option B as a counselor. So as a counselor, sometimes you you can give people insight. Or you can answer their questions. You can give them information because you know there's the psychoeducation option, uh, and then there's option B. You can sort of do the mutual vulnerability collaboration. Uh, and in this moment, I think more than others, option A doesn't exist. Uh, like I, like no amount of training and experience can give me answers to questions that don't have answers. Uh, and so very much with clients just going I don't know uh, and and I'm feeling my own feelings about the problem while they're feeling the feelings about the problem too uh, and it's it's weird <laughs> it's, it's weird. weird it's different yeah, it is. Uh, I, I imagine it's weird and different for everyone and I wonder if it might be maybe a little bit more pronounced for for people like you and me who, you know, like, like we've said, I mean, we, we have a lot of the privileges. I mean, we're, we're white or white passing. We, we own homes. We're educated. We have heteronormative family structures. Uh, I mean, we, we're, we're kind of it in a sense. And, you know, and we're, and we're used to, at least on a, on a really, you know, primal instinctive level. I mean, we're kind of used to that conditioning and saying like, you know, you're the top dog, you should have it all. Uh, and now we don't. And now we're, now we're having to to learn that, and and I think you and me maybe were both like cognitively open to that learning like anyway, but now we have to like experience it in our bodies, and so it 
takes on any depth and any dimension and it's like oh this is what this feels like okay yeah <laughs> so, um yeah yeah, yeah I, I mean i agree i mean just looking out I and mean, there's there's a lot to be bothered by and i mean the the virus definitely and i mean racism ad nauseum definitely and um and racism sexism homophobia transphobia like um the you know wealth inequalities i mean all of those things are bothersome like gmo foods very bothersome um and in there too i think one aspect that's that's bothersome for me that's really burdensome is maybe a better word is watching the really stark polarities on every side and it's these are big problems that that, that affect us all and the people with different opinions about how to solve them are not really talking to each other they're just fighting and not really open to listening to the other one or learning from the other one. And everybody's just like really, really angry. Um, and granted, it's not that being angry is bad. And certainly that anger is warranted. Um, and the expression of it, it's, I mean, it, it's appropriate. And it's, it can be empowering to, to express that. But it's also not necessarily, it, it's accomplishing like something in self-empowerment, but it's not accomplishing something in like collaboration. And I, I, I long to see like the, the collaboration happen and it just, that, that feels very far away on, on a global scale. And so that, that, that's hard for me to watch. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just by way of agreement, I think hope, hope in the abstract is just a platitude. And, and I think when, when you add, um, I, I it's not even addition. You just, so hope, hope of what, and so when you're, sorry, my email keeps beeping. Uh, when you're with a client uh, who is needing hope, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a dialectic. It's hope, hope of what? You know, hope of going from what, what is now to, to what you are hoping for in the future. And so what's, what's difficult in, it, like, just using the coronavirus situation as an example, like I... I have, you know, I have clients that their, their job situation, their living situation, their ability to, you know, recover, uh, engage in recovery meetings, you know, find clean and sober supports and sponsors. Uh, all these things are hampered by, by the virus. And so their, their hope is uh, on the hold. Uh, their, their hope of these concrete specific things like I, they, so if I was like, what's your hope? They would say, I want a job. Uh, where I can, you know, make a decent living and be comfortable. I want, you know, clean and sober housing. So I'm not surrounded by people who are going to be tempting me and triggering me and whatnot. I want, and I want a network of people that love me and care about me and see me. Uh, and out of that would come, you know, the accountability and, you know, you know, all the good things that a good sponsor or support person does. And so with the, with the virus, it's, it's on hold at best. And at worst, uh, when we sort of defeat or, manage this virus, we might be living in a completely different world, uh, you know, economically, socially, and in all other ways. And so there's, there's that ambiguity of, of what, what's on the menu for, for hope that's, that's difficult. And then even if we're imagining we're going to go back to the way things were in 2018 or 19, uh, so it's, so it's when, uh, so when is that going to happen? And so all that's to say, uh, you know, for, for clients, you know, developing, developing a sense of hope uh, means 
you you have to hold on to the concrete and the specific. So this is the this is the thing that I'm hoping will happen. This is when and this is where. Uh, I think you have to hold on to that and then also embrace the the ambiguity. Uh, like I I hope that I get a job in a few months and I will remain in this sort of posture attitude of hopefulness even if I don't because that's a it's a real possibility I could be waiting longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's the it's the abstract and the the concrete. Yeah sort of yeah. yeah i wonder i wonder sometimes there too if like substituting like optimism for hope might make more sense sometimes because because i could certainly say yeah. like i hope i get a new job like i hope systemic racism goes away and there's a the kind of like oh i wish it would happen and it may happen it may not yeah. compared to like a sense of like optimism where i'm like i'm i'm reasonably confident something could happen i maybe don't know what it is but i'm in a confident some, something could happen and I'm going to look for that thing, whatever that is. And maybe like optimism, gratitude, they, they, they kind of work together a little bit. Um, but I, but thinking about what are the, the, the concrete things to hold on to, I was thinking about this in terms of navigating lots of change and a lot of things are changing and that can be discouraging, frightening. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if this is more hope or more, more grounding, but just finding consistent things, finding, the constants uh, that, you know, things that endure through the changes may be relatively unchanged. And maybe this is going to be a relationship. Maybe it's going to be uh, a daily practice or a ritual or a core belief or um, maybe a community. Maybe it's a particular place you get to go to to be refreshed at or something. But um, but it, it occurs to me that being able to uh, ground ourselves in whatever the constants are in our lives and have a, have a for sure way back to those uh, and again, I mean that, that's not that's not addressing the the systemic issues, but it it addresses you as an individual, so that you know you can be growing in your own strength, your own resilience through all of this too. And and I feel like that um, that like that resilience piece you talked about, like when we talked about um, like I have my concrete cold floor, my cold concrete floor, and, and it's mine, and I'm gonna brace it. Um, I, I, I see a lot of liberty and a lot of empowerment in that, in um, in what it says about you. I mean, yeah, I mean, the cold concrete floor sucks, but but when you are the kind of person who's able to embrace whatever you're given and 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 not be defeated by it and not be crushed under it, uh, but figure out a way to navigate it anyway. Like what that's what I, I think what that's talking about is like the, there's a character change and you're growing into resilience in you, and so. In a sense, your hope is within, not without. Um, you you become the constant in your own life in in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot there. I mean, uh, I think we uh, we talk a lot about resilience in in counseling, and you know one one of the the ways that resilience can be uh, can be damaging, I think, is is when we diminish the the pain uh, or the the way that the ways that people have been hurt. And I think I think healthy engagement in developing resilience means you, like you said, like you you fully embrace the the cold concrete floor for what it is, and you you don't diminish it, you don't you don't ignore it. 
you you give it uh, all the attention that it needs, and at the same time, uh, like you said, you you continue. And I think you know there's uh, yeah there there are a lot of people who are just at that level, like they're just surviving the the hurt and the pain and the you know being basically being a human being that's thrown away in thrown away by the world by society or however you want to put it and then they end up in community mental health or they end up in intensive treatment and so i think holding holding that space with them uh so what i mean by holding that space is holding on to the idea of your pain is very real yes you have suffered and we're going to continue um you know, the the metaphor I I would use, and this is a risky one because I don't know much about climbing, uh, but you know when you when you hit a certain elevation, your your body tells you to stop. Uh, you know, and and from what I understand, like I've never climbed Everest, but from what I understand with Everest is, uh, it is a huge component of it is just the mental process. So your you know your your whole nervous system, your whole body is saying. Uh, we don't take another step, uh, like lay down, you know, like close your eyes, uh, just, just oh, almost like, not like give up, but, uh, but, but kind of give up. And so there's that sort of mental push of like, like, no, 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 take, take one more step and then take one more step after that. Uh, and I think, you know, it, anyway, <laughs> it can go either way, but I think as a counselor, uh, there, there are times when I'm with my client and I'm just like, like, look, we're not, we're not talking about like uh, saving the world and we're not talking about like plans for two years from now. Like we're going to talk about just taking the next step. Uh, and, and to me, that's, that is embracing the cold, hard concrete floor and saying, uh, you know, almost like saying to the floor, like I'm, I'm still here. Uh, like I'm, I'm not going to die on this floor, Yeah, but I, I am, I am here right now. For sure. Um, I mean, you, you bring up some really great points there, I think. And, um, also recognizing I mean, resilience can be, it could be a damaging narrative depending on how it's thrown around and it could be done really carelessly, callously. Uh, I, I would add too that, that, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work the same in isolation. And I know, I don't know that it does work in isolation. Like, um, I, I can do like a little bit on my own, uh, embrace a little bit of that floor on my own, but at some point I'm going to get tired, weary, discouraged, lose focus, lose track of why. So I think in all of this, hope has to be a communal thing. Like we have to be able to yes. be embracing our difficulties together. And to do that requires like a whole lot of empathy and like, um, like the relational emotional resilience. And, um, uh, you know, so specifically for my context, so being a, you know, like, you know, white passing male, uh, you know, I have to be able to listen to the experience of a woman, the experience of a person of color, you know, saying, here's how the world is not good for me, or that the society isn't built to be good for me. And I, and for me, that resilience mean, and empathy means being able to say, okay, I see that that's your reality. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. And yeah, I'm going I'm to own that. And even own when, like, I might have been, like, explicit or complicit in uh in creating that um and i think in that in that vulnerability and in in that joining um 
you know, two people can, you know, one person embracing sorrow and one person embracing sorrow on their own is kind of dreadful, but like two people embracing sorrow together, like, Beautiful. yeah, they become more than the sum of their parts. And uh, so, so if, I think, you know, if we're to have hope in all of this, we really have to be opening up to each other more, um, both taking the risk of vulnerability and sharing and also like the other risk in, in hearing and saying, yeah, I'm going to expose myself to your sorrow, even though I have my own sorrows in the hope in maybe the certain hope that together we're better. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. Said. yeah the, the other thing you were talking about, like bringing, you know, working with a person, bringing them down to just like just the one next step. Um, I was thinking about something similar thinking um, depend, depending on where a person falls on the spectrum of like uh, minutiae detail or big abstracts, um, the other side could offer could offer some relief. So, um, so I can imagine if I am prone to obsessive thought and just perseveration and obsessing over the minutia of like, oh, here's this little problem and this little problem and this little problem and here's these solutions and let me compare all of this data and analyze, analyze, analyze. Um, the the details are going to kill me. So sometimes pulling out and saying, here's Everest, here's this glorious mountain that I'm climbing. Here's like the big picture of what I'm trying to do. Here's the goal. Sometimes uh, putting your focus back in something that's bigger than you can be really, can be really necessary. Um, and on the other hand, I mean, if you tend to already be like in that abstract realm of like, well, there's the ideal, there's the peak. And like, we're never going to get there. There's all of these things in between us. Sometimes pulling your focus back to like, what's, what's your little patch of earth? What's your little, the garden of your own soul, the garden of your own family? Like what is, what is yours right here, right now today to cultivate? And can you cultivate that well? Um, yeah, so, so I don't know, shifting, shifting the focus around, depending on where you tend to end up, that could be one way of either like finding hope or <laughs> at least like uh, a little bit of sanity anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, well said. I just by way of agreement, I want to highlight just the idea of building hope in community. I think um, hope, hope in isolation is it's, it's a category that doesn't yeah. exist. Uh, it's it's a non-starter. Um, so hope, uh, like if I if I look at the the long list of crises that we're dealing with now, like I I think the the solution in the abstract, like I, I don't have the tactical day to day thing figured out, but we have to figure out how who and how we want to be together, and like how do we how do we want to relate to each other now, and. You know, the, the idea of solidarity to me means, you know, we we all have a voice in, you know, speaking into the this this new humanity that we want to be now. Um, I think the the old way that we related isn't working anymore. And so so now we have to you know figure out like which. So what what there, there are voices that have been silenced in 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 the last what 400 years or, or more. You know, and so uh, when we think about like hope, uh, my hope is that uh, we would we would hear each other and and see each other. Like that's that's my sort of ideal of hope. Yeah, hope is a hope is a slippery and precious thing, and something we have to fight for. And so is so is that community and those connections. And if there's something, I know if there's something we're fight, we sh- we fight for. I mean, I would hope it would be that we could be open with each other and hear each other and 
move through the pain, move through our, the pain we've caused each other together. One, one last thing I'd love to explore a little bit in talking about being, being, a, being a counselor, being a people helper, also being human. And, and we've talked a lot about, here's a lot of the limits of what we can do and a lot of the, the complexities and um, sort of the, the, the raw and gritty aspect of what we do. But how do, you, how do we hold out hope? Um, and especially in the situation like, like what we're in currently with the social distancing and everybody's cut off from each other and there's a lot of a lot of background noise of fear going on everywhere how do you how can we create hope and for our clients especially when they're feeling like they're not changing they're not seeing progress there's no apparent solutions how do we do optimism how do we do hope um gosh so I, I had, uh, I kind of had this conversation just in, in myself, for lack of a better term, where I, I noticed hopelessness just sort of boiling over in me. Like I, I was, I was just like, okay, this, this, this is hopeless. Um, and, and it was in, in part reading, I, I read some article that was basically like, until we get a vaccine, things are going to be like this. Uh, you know, we're going to be social distancing. We're going to be, um, everything is going to be shut down. And um, so we're looking at like 18 to 24 months before there's a vaccine. And so reading that, I was like, <laughs> like I, I, I was crushed. Um, so the, the question I would ask in, in this context is what, what was, what was your hope in the first place? Uh, what, what were you hoping for? And so I, I think for, for me, um, a, a big part of this is, I and we I think we talked about this before we started recording, but I I notice much more the presence of the people that I'm not with now. So like my my mom and dad who I who I haven't gotten to see and I, and I won't get to see for the foreseeable future, I I notice their presence because they're not with me, and and I notice my my need for them uh, as as they're separated from me, and so my my hope. Uh, before, before all this, and, and sort of the before time was, you know, we'd have like a socialist revolution one, and we'd have also maybe like a spiritual revival, uh, and and sort of this like moral, spiritual, religious uh, awakening, and everybody would sort of unite, and the people would sort of storm the Bastille and take power, and you know all the all these utopian cool things. Uh, and now with this virus, I think my my hope has shifted to. Um, well, it, uh, it's shifted to, I don't know, uh, honestly, um, I, I want, um, I, I, yeah, I, I want to be hopeful. Uh, I want like a material and, and spiritual hope. Uh, and, and in this moment, I think I'm, I'm just sort of, uh, I'm just sort of in, in this moment today. Uh, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Uh, and so, it, yeah, so hope, hope to me is you, you, is, you believe, uh, you believe that things are going to get better. And, uh, I'm not really sure about that right now. Uh, I think in the, the short to long term, you know, six months to six years, uh, that range, honestly, my expectation is that things are going to get worse. Uh, so my, my unanswered to your question is I, I am 
embracing hopelessness in that uh, I, I'm still present for, for my people. Um, my, my hope is that I will, I will show up and be present with my clients and I'll show up and be present with, with my wife and, and my sons. And, uh, you know, and then through, through screens and whatnot for, for friends like you, uh, that I think that's my hope is, um, that I would, I would be a, be a human being with other human beings. Uh, the, the structure and the, and the form and the, the interactions that that takes, uh, uh, I just, I don't have a lot of hope for that, uh, right now. Uh, and I think, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about that. Uh, so, and I don't know if my answer makes, makes sense. I think my, my hope is, is just, uh, that, that we would, we would be together. Um, the people as much as possible, as much as possible would be together. That's, that's my hope. Um, that might sound like hopelessness. So. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of complexity and it's, I mean, it's, it's a really difficult situation in every way. There's something in a sense, hopeful about being able to embrace that and in embracing the or in leaning into the resilience to to be able to say yes i feel hopeless yes this situation is really difficult and i'm moving forward anyway yeah. um you know you're 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 rising up you're rising to meet the challenge and uh, you know hearing you talk and i'm thinking about you know epic figures in in story in legend in history who they they, they go out into the desert, they go out into the wilderness, they go out for long periods of time away from people, away from food, away from water, away from anything good and comforting. Uh, they, they do battle with demons and they come out on the other side. They come out with insight, with clarity, with strength, with resilience, with a vision of how to do things better. And, and there's a way that these, these, these desert times can become crucibles for which that's that's not that's not a fun thing at, at all or an easy comforting thing. But yeah, crucibles aren't fun. No, no, <laughs> not at all. They 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 burn. They're hot. They're they're ugly. But um, but something about humans, the way that we're made, we we get through things. And mm. you know, if there is kind of a cycle and a rhythm to the human life and to history, I think it is that you know we go we go through suffering, and we recover, and we go through suffering, and we become stronger for it, and and you know there, there's a way i feel like yeah I, I know for me i mean it is hard to find hope because it seems so overwhelming and yeah and everything but 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 it, it only feels overwhelming if i'm focusing on, on on the problem like if i can look and see well there will be a beyond there will be an after i don't know what it's going to look like and maybe it will be well <laughs> maybe it will be scary um but but maybe it won't be uh you know, and if I can look, look ahead and look beyond, that can be helpful. And in a sense too, like looking, looking bigger than the moment can be helpful, but I think also looking smaller can be helpful too. Like, like you're talking about, like, let me go home to, to my wife and children. Let me go home to my family. That, that small, very, you know, air quotes, you know, suburban, uh, ordinary life. There's a lot of beauty there. And again, maybe that's, something that has been underappreciated in a lot of contexts, the, just the beauty of a simple, quiet life, you know, 
where you can go home, you can have a family dinner, you can notice the flowers coming up, you can really perceive the glory of spring as it happens. Um, you know, I mean, pretty flowers, I mean, they, those don't, you know, cure a virus, but, you know, you find a moment of peace and maybe those small moments, the accumulation of small moments is where some other hope or resilience comes from also. Yeah. I would, I would throw out there too. Um, so there's the story of, you know, Robinson Crusoe and uh, the, well, in, in the movie Castaway, it was basically, basically the exact same story, you know, so you, uh, you picture yourself uh, in, in this, this situation now where we're basically in Tom, we're Tom Hanks on this island. Uh, and so, you know, at the start of the story, Castaway, you know, he, he's, just learning how to survive you know he's this like chubby you know suburban airline pilot he's on this island and he's trying to figure out where do i get water where do i how, how do i how do i start a fire and you know he he like hurts himself as he's trying to start a fire and uh and it sort of fast forwards and and he he figures out how to how to survive on the island uh and then you you fast forward again you know he he manages to to escape the island and return to return to the world and, and finds out that the, the world has, has basically moved on without him uh, in this, in this kind of really sad way, but also, also hopeful way. You know, he, he returns to civilization and finds out that, you know, the, the, the world has changed. Uh, and he, and at the same time, he has his whole life in front of him. And so we here now in this situation are, we're, we're just trying to figure out how do we survive uh, now that we're shipwrecked on this island, uh, and my guess is, you know, in a few months we will we will be like Tom Hanks, you know, tan and fit, and you know, we we know the the pattern of the tides, and we'll we'll be good at chopping down trees and building fires in fig figuratively, you know, obviously, uh, and so that that's kind of my like theoretical bent is. Uh, we're we're here uh, on this island. So so so, how do we make this work? How do we how do we survive? How do we how do we make meaning uh, now that we're we're shipwrecked? Um, you know, and uh, the the other thing I'll say is you know as as I've expressed to to other friends, just my basically the deterioration of my mental health in the midst of this situation. I had a friend that uh, they they heard me, and and then they they sent me a picture of of the sunset, and they were like the 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 sun is going down and and uh, it's beautiful. Look at this. Uh, look at this instead. The the hope that that remains is that the sun will rise and set, and and we'll we'll survive this too. Um, and that's not to diminish the people right now that are that are suffering and, and they won't survive this. Um, so, yeah. So, all this, yeah. hope is complicated, isn't it? Hope is uh, very complicated. Hope was <laughs> hope was complicated. Yeah. My hope is that uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm going to be president. That's I think that's the best I can do right now. Yeah. In the presence, there there's there's a great strength and a great security and. And again, uh, to quote uh, to quote Jack from Lost, you know, we we live together or we die alone. So it's true. Yeah, good wisdom. 
in a way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Aaron, for uh, doing some existential exploration with me. Uh, I do really love this, and uh, it's good to it's good to not be in this all by myself, and it's good to have our communities around us, such as can be virtually virtual communities. Um, I'm starting to starting to get the hang of like the virtual tea uh, idea, which still feels kind of silly and sad. However, I would be happy to have virtual tea with just about anybody at this point. So if you are interested in virtual tea, virtual lunch with me and or Aaron, uh, do let us know. Um, and let us know your thoughts on all of this, that these are big, heavy, complex topics. And we don't have like we've um, we've been talking about we're we're fallible we don't have the end all be all perspectives and maybe we're missing something egregious uh, please do let us know and we'd love to have more dialogue so absolutely yes yeah. let's keep the conversation going let's keep it going yes. <laughs>